This is the Aftermarket Radio Network. Welcome to another episode of Business by the Numbers. I'm your host, Hunt Demarest, CPA with Parmelis and Associates. As you know, my firm works with exclusively auto repair shop, helping them understand more about their business, plan for taxes. And what we're going to talk about today is something that comes up a lot and I feel like it's something that we need to talk about a little bit. So I decided to do an episode on it. Have you ever wondered how much to pay yourself from your S corporation? Or have you ever wondered how your distributions are taxed? You know, a lot of times I hear people ask this and they say, you know what, I've always wondered this, but I've kind of felt stupid to ask. There's no such thing as a stupid question, right? And I tell people all the time, hey, I don't claim to be an expert on fixing cars or running an auto repair shop. You don't need to claim to be an expert on taxes or accounting, but this is why we're here to ask these questions so that you can understand more about your business, allows you to make more money and plan for your future. But before we get into that, I want to have a quick word from our partners who make business by the numbers possible. If you want to earn customers trust, show them their worn brake pads rather than telling them about them. When you take them under the hoist via photos and videos, they cannot deny their need for repairs. GetShopware.com In today's world, managing the labor side of your business is more important than ever. Utilizing their industry-leading software, Labor Profit Management, Repair Shop of Tomorrow can help shops maximize their profits by developing a specific plan for each client. Please visit them at RepairShopOfTomorrow.com So, when you have an S-corporation, there's two major ways that you can take money out of your business. You can either pay yourself more, right, give yourself a bonus, put yourself on a salary, or you can take distributions of it. A lot of people, you know, especially new clients that we start working with, seems to be that both of these amounts have been set at a level and maybe never changed or maybe kind of arbitrary and it changes around all the time. And a lot of people might not understand the reasoning behind it and if it makes any difference. But as we'll find out today, it does. It makes a huge difference here. So let's start with pay. So when you're an owner of an S corporation, you're also an employee of that business. And so you need to be taking payroll out of the business. Now, what you take out in pay does not actually lower your profit. Well, let me back up a little bit. It does lower your profit on the business. But remember how S corporations work. Whatever money you make on an S corporation flows through to you personally, you pay tax on the personal level. Also, whatever money you take on payroll is reported on your personal tax return and you pay taxes there. And so let's use an example where you have $60,000 in profit from your business. If you have $60,000 in profit on your business before you take any pay, you could then take $60,000 in salary. The business will now show zero profit. However, Remember, business profits are going down, which means our payroll income is going up. So personally, we're still going to be paying tax on $60,000. S-corp income goes down, wages go up, that $60,000 is still left over. Same thing if you split the difference and said, all right, I'm going to take half out on payroll. Now we have $30,000 in the S-corp, $30,000 on payroll. We're still left with that $60,000. This is why, you know, people kind of get confused and, you know, we talk about tax planning and people say, well, you know what? I'm going to save money on tax. I'm going to pay myself a bonus. Not a good idea, as we'll find out here in a second. You're not really saving any money. You're kind of putting money in your right pocket and putting it into your left pocket. End of the day, it's still going to be the same net effect. Now, one of the things that a lot of people do not consider is even though that there is no income tax break by paying yourself on payroll, there's actually one very big downside here. So all payroll has a 15% tax levied on it. 
called payroll tax. That 15% is actually made up by a number of different things. You got Social Security, you got Medicare, you got federal unemployment, you got state unemployment, and a number of other smaller things depending on where you are. So if you take out $100,000 in salary, you're going to pay $15,000 in payroll taxes. Half of that's going to be withheld out of your payroll. The other half is going to be responsible for the employer. Now, in your situation, since you're self-employed, that's why it comes out to 15% because you're paying both sides of this. So let me back that up for a second for those you know that didn't understand that. So if you look at your pay stub right now or look at one of your employees' pay stubs, you're going to say, Hunt, I don't pay 15%. I pay 7.5% because that's what you see coming out of a paycheck. But the way the payroll tax works is they kind of split the burden half on the employee and half on the employer. So the employee pays half and then the employer has to match that same amount. Now, if you're an employee, you pay 7.5% in payroll tax. If you're the owner, operator, and owner of the business, you pay both sides of it because you're an employee and the employer on it. So 15% there. Now, like we talked about, there's two major ways to take the money out. We can start with payroll, and then the other one is distributions. The first question always gets asked on distributions, and this is probably one of the biggest unknown things or the biggest confusion that we get is, how much money do I pay on distributions? How much tax do I pay on distributions? You know, I have a lot of people that are S-corporations. If you're listening to this now, S-corporation is what 99% of my clients are. It's the most favorable way to be taxed for most businesses. And people ask this all the time, and I say, zero. You are not taxed on distributions. And they say, Hunt, that doesn't make any sense. I pay tax at the end of the year, and I took distributions out. Don't I get taxed on that money? No. You do not get taxed on distributions. However, you do pay tax on the profit of your business. If you kind of follow the math or you know general accounting sense here, you can't take a distribution if you don't make any profit. And so that's why you know it ends up looking at the end of the year that you are paying tax on your distributions, but you're not actually paying tax on distributions, just the underlying profits that allowed you to make that distribution. So I'll give you an example here. Let's say that you make $100,000 in your business. You've already taken payroll, so you have $100,000 net income showing on your business. And you go and you file your tax return, you're going to pay tax on $100,000 of business income. Now, if you were to say, all right, I made $100,000 of income, I'm not going to take a single cent out of my business, I'm all going to leave it all in there, you're still going to pay tax on $100,000. If you take out $50,000 in distributions, you're still going to pay tax on $100,000. Let's say that you had some previous year earnings in there, and you hadn't distributed that money, and you decide to take out $150,000 in distributions, you're still going to pay tax on $100,000. Whatever you end up doing with the cash after you make that profit does not negatively or positively affect what you're going to pay at the end of the year. So if you're following the math here, that means that all of the money that you have in your business after you pay taxes on it is yours to do as you please. And so let's say at the end of the year, you have $450,000 in your bank account. Come April, you have a $50,000 tax bill because it was a really good year on it. And now you're left over with $400,000 after you take the distribution to pay those uh, income taxes on that. You could then turn around that same exact day and write yourself a distribution check for $400,000 and it's not going to have any effect on your current year tax return. You've already paid the tax on that money. You are free to spend it as you please. You're not going to get penalized for leaving it in the business and you're not going to get taxed additionally for taking that money out of the business. When you started in this business, did you really think that cars would be driving themselves and that people would be buying cars online without test driving them? 
I don't think any of us did, yet that's exactly what is going on. On the repair side, the auto industry is changing fast. Customers expect quick answers and proof that they need the repairs that you recommend. They want to pay you while buying a coffee, then rate you on Yelp after picking up their keys. So why stay in the past? A shop owner named Carolyn asked herself the same question, so she created an online shop management system that automates the stuff you do over and over again. She and her team added texting in every step in the process from booking your appointment to posting that stellar review. They learn from their customers just like you learn from yours, and it's the system that's leading the industry into a bright future. Find out more about this and other things at GetShopware.com. In today's world, managing the labor side of your business is more important than ever. Utilizing their industry-leading software, Labor Profit Management, Repair Shop of Tomorrow can help shops maximize their profits by developing a specific plan for each client. Do you know what your effective labor rate is? Do you know your technician's efficiency and productivity? Do you know how much profit dollars each technician is adding to the bottom line? If the answer is no, then this Napa Auto Care endorsed program from Repair Shop of Tomorrow is the program for you. Developed for shop owners by shop owners, this program will help you become more profitable on day one. Utilizing their unique labor management systems will allow you to work smarter, not harder. For more information about their programs, please visit them at repairshopoftomorrow.com. So Hunt, if I don't get a tax deduction for either of these, and payroll is taxed an additional 15%, why would I even take out payroll at all? So now that your wheels are probably turning, you're asking the same question to yourself. I'll just get rid of my salary and only take out draws out of the business. Now, there's two big reasons that you do not want to do this. First is, the IRS says if you're an S-corporation, you have to pay yourself a fair and reasonable salary. Number two is, if you don't take any wages, you aren't paying in anything to Social Security. And when you get to 65 or 67, whenever you decide to retire and take Social Security benefits, you're going to be pretty disappointed at what you get because you're going to not have paid in anything to Social Security. So knowing these two factors, you might still be asking, well, what is a fair and reasonable compensation? Now, the magic number that we have most of our shop owners set up at is right around sixty-five dollars to $70,000. Why sixty-five dollars to $70,000 is kind of the magic number here is it checks two boxes. The first of which is sixty-five dollars to $70,000 is a pretty reasonable wage no matter where you live. Now, it's very hard to kind of uh, quantify what a business owner does and what's a comparable wage to that. But no matter where you are, if you make $65,000, you could argue that you could replace yourself for that position. Now, is that the truth? Do you do way more than that? But sure. But if the IRS ever came in, I think we would have a pretty legitimate argument at $65,000 is fair. Now, when people kind of get into this, and, and there's whole industries about fair and reasonable comp analysis, generally don't see any automotive industry on it. Um, there's not really a whole lot of court cases on this getting question. It's not something where the IRS comes in and says, hey, you took $65,000. We think that $95,000 is a fair and reasonable amount. It generally does not get into that detail because it's so subjective. And how do you quantify exactly what someone does, especially a business owner? Really, the only court cases out there are generally where someone is just blatantly ignoring the fair and reasonable compensation. All of the court cases are usually surrounding very profitable businesses that take out a lot of distributions and do not take any money on salary. 
I've also had this question before and saying, Hunt, I was told in the past that I have to, you know, take half the money out in wages, half the money in distributions. Now, generally not a bad rule of thumb if you want to be conservative on it, but it's not, again, something that's written in stone and something that you have to do. So the other reason why $65,000 is a magic number is $65,000 or $65 to $70,000 is the end of the second gate of Social Security benefits. So what I mean by that is as you make up to $130,000 on payroll, you're going to be paying into Social Security and Medicare, the payroll taxes that we talked about. Once you get over that number, it lowers down a little bit, but just stay with me here. So if you are, as you make more money, less and less of it is going to go to your future benefits. So for example, if you make you know $30,000, for every dollar that you pay into Social Security, you're going to get $4 back in the future when you retire. Once you get from $30,000 to $70,000, every $2 that you put in there, you're going to get $2 back. Once you get past that, you're still increasing your Social Security benefits, but it's the law of diminishing returns. The next gate, you might have to put in $3 to get $1 back. And then the final gate, you're putting in $6 to get $1 back in the future. It's a very bad return on investment, and that's why we like to hover right around that second gate because we're getting good bang for our buck, we're driving our future Social Security benefits, and also we've checked the box and going to keep the IRS out of our back, out of our business, because we're paying ourselves a fair and reasonable amount. So you still might be asking yourself, okay, Hunt, this is great, but why do I really care? And this example is going to explain why you care. So I'm going to give you two different exercises for the same business, and the only thing that we're going to do here is we're going to change how they take their money out of the business. So that business that makes $130,000 a year before he took payroll now makes zero money because he's taken all of that money out in the form of payroll. Now, again, just like before, it's going to lower down your business profits. It's going to raise your uh, personal taxes because of the payroll that you got. That $130,000 profit is still going to be there, just tax in a form of wages. But if you remember before, those $130,000 in wages are also going to be subject to that 15% payroll tax. So this person's going to end up paying around $20,000 in payroll tax. Now, let's use that same business that just took my advice and says, hey, instead of taking out $130,000 in wages, I'm going to take $65,000 out in wages. So essentially, I'm still going to get the same $130,000 at the end of the year. Just half of it's going to be on payroll and half of it I'm going to take out in distributions. So if we have $65,000 on payroll, we're now only paying $10,000 in payroll tax. We've cut that payroll tax bill in half. At the end of the day, you still have the same $130,000. You actually have more because now we save some payroll tax money. And we've put money in our pocket just sheerly by changing the metric of how you pay yourself. Pretty straightforward, isn't it? This is why I tell people all the time, stop giving yourself a raise. Stop bonusing yourself. You know, a lot of times, for whatever reason, people have this mental aspect that payroll, a guaranteed paycheck, is really what they're striving for. And they think that as the business makes more money and is more profitable, they just keep on raising their wages and raising their wages. And I tell people all the time, pay yourself sixty-five, pay yourself $70,000 and don't change that. As you make more money, that's just going to mean more distributions coming out of your business. Now, another thing that, you know, I was kind of apprehensive to even bring up here because I try to make things simple, straightforward. I try to make these actionable items and, and sometimes not overload you guys with information, but I'm going to do it here anyways. So one thing that I have not mentioned that is even helping this even more is that even though you're going to pay the same amount or you're going to get taxed the same, 
whether it's going to be on payroll or your S corporation other than payroll taxes, that's not completely true. So one of the added benefits of lowering your payroll and showing more profits and taking the money on distributions is you actually get a tax break on S corporation earnings. So there's something called a qualified business income deduction. And essentially what it is, is qualified businesses, which S or which auto repair shops are one of them, get a 20% deduction on their S corporation profits. This is also the same situation if you're a partnership or a sole proprietor. But essentially, if you have $100,000 of S corporation profits, you will only pay tax on $80,000. Now, S corp wages, right, whatever you take out in the form of a business owner, do not have this 20% deduction. So not only by taking more money out on wages are you paying extra in payroll taxes, you're also foregoing a good deduction on having the money just be regular S corporation profits. So if you needed even more push to split this out and to take money on distributions and keep your salary reasonable, that should be it. That same exercise I talked about where you had you know $20,000 in payroll taxes and down to $10,000 in payroll taxes, once we took half of it out on payroll and half it on distribution, probably about another two, $3,000 in extra savings just by having more of that money taxes as corporation profits other than payroll. So the only time that I can argue that someone should have higher compensation than sixty-five dollars to $70,000 is really one of these three um, examples or one of these three situations. So the first one is, is if you do a 401k and specifically a 401k with a profit sharing or cash balance plan or any sort of large defined contribution plan, there's probably a planning opportunity to take more money out on payroll. So generally, when we see this, you know, the way that a profit sharing works is you're allowed to strip off your profits, contribute that to a 401k, get a really good tax break on it. But one of the ways that you can get more money to the owner and less money to the employees is by making the owners highly compensated and usually making north of $160,000. So for retirement and 401k plan opportunities, that would be a good reason to have an increase in your payroll amount. Another one is if the ownership is kind of strange. We see this sometimes. So maybe mom and dad own the business. Kid works there. Obviously, the kid is not the owner, but mom and dad are still the owner on it. So the kid's going to have to take the money out in payroll. You're not going to be able to take distributions because you can only take distributions if you own the business. And then the last one here is partners with differing ownership roles or percentages. So if you have a minority partner that owns 10% of the business, or even they own 60% of it, but you have kind of different roles, a lot of times payroll is used to kind of balance everything out. You know, let's say that I went and started a shop and I'm 50-50 with someone, but I'm not going to work there at all. I would expect them to take a decent wage out of there because they're earning that. And then we split the profits afterwards 50-50. And so there is time and place for messing around payroll and having it above kind of what we call that magic number, but those situations are few and far between. About 95% of the shops that we see should and usually are taking around 65 to 70,000. Now, if you're sitting here saying, "Hun, I'm taking $75,000 out. Hun, I'm taking $60,000 out." Are you saying that I need to go and adjust this? No, you don't need to. I mean, it'll take you 2 seconds to update in your payroll if you want to. But in that general area is a pretty good place to be. Just don't get out of control. Now, the last thing here to kind of wrap this up is, well, Hunt, how do I do this, right? How does it work on a functional level? Maybe you've never taken a distribution out of your business at all. And so here's what I recommend people to do to kind of switch over from all payroll to payroll and distributions. So let's say that you're making, you know, 
$100,000 a year on payroll, you know, taking about $2,000 a week out of the business. And we want to get that down to around $65,000. What I'm going to do is I'm going to look at my take-home pay, figure out what that is, and then I'm going to lower my salary down to $65,000. So let's say my take-home pay before was $1,500, and now it's down to $800 once I've cut my salary down to a reasonable level. What I'm going to do is every single week, I'm short $700 from my decrease in payroll. So the only thing that I'm going to do is when I run payroll, I'm going to then also write myself a distribution check for that $700. It's going to come in two different transactions, but now I have that same $1,500. So that's what I would do on a daily basis or weekly basis, really, and periodically throughout the year. So what I always tell people on distributions is I like distributions to be a one-way street. Meaning when I take that money out, I know that my business is still healthy and still solvent. I'm not going to have to kind of look in the rearview mirror saying, hey, did I take too much money out? Do I need to put it back into the business? So I'm going to take out as little as I possibly need on a weekly or monthly basis just to make sure I cover my expenses at home. And then what I'm going to do on distributions periodically throughout the year is I'm going to analyze my cash balance, analyze how much money I have in my bank accounts, and take a larger distribution as needed throughout the year. Generally, at least done on a quarterly or semi-annual level, some of my clients just do it at the end of the year. So let's say I'm sitting here and I'm looking at my business bank account. I have $200,000 in my bank account. I always want to keep at least $150,000 in there. So here I am at the end of the second quarter. I'm going to take a distribution of that $50,000 out to keep my bank balance at a reasonable level, but also strip some of that profits out myself. This is something that could be slightly different for everyone. Like I mentioned before, this is the general case. This works for almost all people. And this is something that we look at a lot when we're tax planning. But if you're sitting here, think about this. Does this make sense for me? This is the question that you should be asking your accountant. Even if you think you're doing it right, of just saying, hey, is this the right way to do this? Is this okay here? This is something that will save you a decent amount in taxes. And there's really no downside to it. At the end of the day, like we mentioned before, you're getting the same amount of money out of this, actually more if you factor in the tax savings, just by shifting around how you're taking some of this money out of your business. So I hope this was helpful for you. You know, please share this with friends, other people that are self-employed that maybe are struggling with the same thing here. If you have any questions, comments, or ideas for a future episode, or even if you want to join me on a future episode, please shoot me an email at podcast at parmelis.com. So thanks again for joining me on Business by the Numbers. Stay safe, and I will talk to you all next week. You've been listening to Business by the Numbers with Hunt Demarest on the Aftermarket Radio Network. Follow Hunt on your favorite podcast listening app. Let him know what you'd like him to cover. His email is in the show notes. Hunt is all for advancing the aftermarket.